And I have a pigeon infestation right outside my window. Robbie, what do you... You do about the Sam Rajovsky News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Yeah, that's they're just out here uh, doing their little cooing thing, and I'm I'm doing show prep. I'm prepping for the program. Got my sleeves rolled up, and um, these little little a holes out here, pigeons are are um, making noise. So I go out on the balcony and shoot them off, and. Uh, I think they'll be back in a moment. Friends, welcome to the program. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your host, uh, coming here to you live and local from beautiful downtown Las Vegas. I watched the debate last night. I had to, I started at around eight. My gosh, it was long. I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> went on for uh, almost two and a half hours. I, uh <sighs> I feel like my take on it is is different than what most people are saying out there. Now, most people, by the way, let me include in that the New York Times, who believe that Nikki Haley won the day. And that's kind of consistent with a lot of other media outlets, including some that are fairly conservative. For example, where do I have it here? Who won the third presidential Republican presidential debate? Yeah, you know, some New York Times, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, New York Post over here, Republican debate verdict, impressive, Haley shines, stupid, Vivek, or Vivek, self-destructs. Um, <clears throat> listen, guys, I don't think Nikki Haley uh, shone or shined one bit. Uh, I think she got provoked. I think that she came out swinging. I think that she ended up looking. Um, uh, just she got she got herself riled up, and she ended up looking very unprofessional. That's what I think. Let's set aside Vivek for a minute. The reason all of the media are building her up, they're doing the same thing that they did. Uh, let's say it was 2000, uh, what do we have? A 2008. No, 2012, 2012. Right, we had, I know 2008. We, yeah, 2008, we had uh, uh, McCain. McCain, I mean, when, when the primaries were on, it was almost a predictable playbook. All of the establishment media got behind McCain. And they they said lovely things. They 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 boosted him. They helped him. They constantly uh, talked him up. And then as soon as McCain was the nominee, and of course Barack Obama, the fresh-faced senator from Chicago, from Illinois, uh, became the Dem nominee. Well, as soon as it was locked into a Obama versus McCain fight, well then everyone piled on McCain and turned on him and destroyed him. You know, Nikki Haley's just the media's flavor of the week. They like her. They feel like they, you know, they don't lose any credibility with the leftists out there by supporting this uh, female minority candidate on the Republican side. And so they, they boost her, but they also understand that she is eminently beatable and that there's no there there. 
And I'm telling you, some of the same outlets that fawn over Nikki Haley now, Robbie, mark my words, I guarantee it, I could make this prediction to you uh, very easily. The, the, the same outlets that fawn over Mickey Hale, Nikki Haley today would turn on her in a heartbeat in a Nikki Haley versus, say, for example, even Joe Biden matchup. Nobody's going to say, wow, this articulate, smart gal, you know, she's, in, you know, what a, what a phenomenon. No, they are going to literally tell us that Joe Biden is the greatest thing ever and that he's not suffering from mid to late stage dementia. Mr. Shuffles, right? Hair sniffing dolt, right? None of this is going to come up. Of course, they, they will protect him and defend him and fight for him and carry water for him all the way to the November election. That's what's going to happen. So it's with this lens, right? It's a little bit of historical perspective that I analyze this, the, the reaction to the debate. Because no one person had a perfect showing, right? You can make an argument that Vivek was maybe a little too aggressive. You can make an argument, and, and, and I don't have alignment with him on everything, right? I'd say like 90, 95% alignment. I can tell you that um, Nikki Haley and Chris Christie are both stuck in the year 2000. So if you are a back-to-the-future Republican, I understand why you like these two. I mean, they are very much uh, consistent with where the party was 20 years ago. You know, Matt Walsh actually put out a, quit, uh, a, tw a tweet, excuse me, put out a tweet. Did you see this, Robbie? He put out a tweet and he said, he said, um, Nikki Haley, something, Nikki Haley's a great, the best candidate we've got in two, for 2004, for the 2004 election. Now, the thing is, people don't know how to read anymore because we are all dim-witted, uh, don't uh, have the, you know, attention span of, you know, four seconds. People don't read to the end of, they saw the 2000, they saw the four, they assumed 2024. The world turned on um, on Matt Walsh and people were saying, how could you, you're shilling for, you know, these establishment candidates. And he, finally, two hours later, he, he, he responded to his own tweet and said, you people aren't even, you aren't even looking. You don't, I'm not, I should be surprised, but, but he's, he's onto something. But I think it's 2000. I think that he, I think that they are all stuck making the same arguments that we heard after the Bill Clinton presidency. Okay, that's what I think. Those are Republican answers to Bill Clinton. It is not the 90s, folks. The world is a different place. Now, I happen to be a far greater interventionist in the world than uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Understood. But I absolutely am done with the Republican Party laying down and prostrating itself to uh, establishment politicians and establishment media. That has to end. And Vivek and Trump and everybody else on that side, including DeSantis, are absolutely right in their absolute contempt for these, you know, go-along, get-along political types. The reason I loved Trump in 16 was I thought of Trump as a, that's a political metaphor here, forgive me. Um, it might sound a little messy and a little, Gauche, but I saw Trump as a as a cherry bomb in a stopped up toilet. Now the stopped up toilet, of course, 
is Washington, D.C. None of you ought to be surprised by that. It's still a toilet. In fact, it's just more stopped up than ever. And I saw Trump as this guy that comes along. He's going to just blow the thing up, you know, and predictably, right, the stuff that's in the toilet is going to go flying everywhere. And it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a mess. But in the end, we're going to rebuild everything, clean it up, and we'll have a working toilet again. Uh, and and Ramaswamy is just a more intelligent, younger version of that. He's less charismatic. He he lacks, you know. Trump has a Trump is a you know is singular and unique in his ability to connect with people and explain concepts and keep things simple. But Ramaswamy is he's making the case for this stuff. And I, so I'm going to do this after the break because I don't want to. I I I want to give this the attention it deserves. Uh, this debate opened with a bang, and the f- <laughs> the shots that were fired were by were by Ramaswamy. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Ramaswamy came in and went for the kill shot right from the beginning. Anybody that calls Ramaswamy the worst performing candidate like I see here in the New York Times they've got him last apparently the New York Post doesn't think very highly of it either I think they're dead wrong he is taking on the sacred cows can I say that about a guy who's a a Hindu Um, he's well, it's not a politically correct statement, is it? He's taking on the sacred cows in, uh, in, in, in that are that are part of the D.C. political media landscape. The very thought that the Republican Party, led by Ronna McDaniel, would sit down and 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 prostrate itself to NBC, have NBC douchebags asking the questions like the hell we care about what an NBC reporter thinks about Republican, you know, politicians and who ought to be the Republican nominee. NBC, Lester Holt, it couldn't, it, I couldn't give fewer rats rear ends about what Lester Holt thinks about the kind of nominee we want. In fact, I would argue if Lester Holtz wants um, whoever Lester Holtz wants to be the Republican nominee, I will go for the exact opposite person. And I think we've got one, a chance to win. And two, when we win, we have somebody in government who will actually make a difference. Because remember, the left wants Republicans that are going to come in and be basically Democrats in sheep's clothing. That's what they want. They want that. They want go along, get along Republicans for whom bipartisanship means playing the Democrats game. And the sooner we divorce ourselves from this kind of thinking as Republicans, the better off we're going to be, period, end of story. Taking a break now, Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, you're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, welcome back to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your host. 
proudly serving you Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Here on News Talk 840 KXNT. This hour of the program brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, the only law firm to trust for your personal injury needs. Now, um, yesterday, the uh, Republican debate in Miami, the NBC debate, uh, kicked off, uh, well, I would say with a fair bit of acrimony, the opening salvo delivered by Vivek Ramaswamy, or friend, and as heard here on the What's Right show. Now, I've always wondered about this, right? I've always wondered why Republicans go and have debates on CNN on NBC, on networks that literally hate Republicans and are ideologically, uh, how do I say this politely, deeply misaligned, right? So that's, 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 that's the question, right? So you've got, you know, you got Lester Holt there asking questions. Oh, well, we, Hugh Hewitt was there too. <laughs> Hugh, I know Hugh. Uh, we used to live in the same city, and uh, uh, producer Robbie, uh, once upon a time, can I say this, Robbie? Okay, uh, producer Robbie, once upon a time, worked on um, for Hugh Hewitt on his radio program, um, but now producer Robbie has upgraded his uh, his position in life significantly, in my view. Okay. Um, and I'm an independent uh, arbiter of that, so I feel like that um, that's definitely the right take on it. Um, no, he also was my law professor, taught me con law, uh, constitutional law at uh, at Chapman. So uh, love Hugh Hewitt. He's sitting there. You know, Hugh is an establishment Republican guy. He's the window dressing. <laughs> NBC has a Republican. Here comes Hugh Hewitt. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hugh Hewitt probably loves Nikki Haley. And Hugh Hewitt probably has had a hoagie sub with um, with Chris Christie. Only only Chris Christie had three of the subs, and um, and Hugh had half of one. Okay, so here's what happened: the fake Ramaswamy. They they're asking him some some open platitude question about about what the. Um, you know what the what the what the you know what kind of what the important issues are, and 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 Vivek just goes completely off script. And he answers the question this way. I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020. 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. Whew, producer Robbie and I are watching this in separate locations and text one another asking if, uh, if our eyebrows are still, you know, are still on fire. I mean, this was a singe comment, a singeing comment. It was a, it was just a wow. <laughs> Apparently, by sources uh, familiar uh, with the happenings in the audience, Ronna McDaniel, who was there, 
uh, declared that Vivek Ramaswamy was a real a-hole and that the that the GOP would not give him a red cent for anything. I like it. He's getting under her skin. All right, so Vivek then continues with a hit on the media. This is the right take, by the way. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. Sorry. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn That's to Governor, Governor Christie. Why you? Audience, let's not do this. Let's, let's not do this. How, audience, how dare you applaud Mr. Ramaswamy for criticizing me? That might as well have been what Lester Holt said. He's right. This is the problem with Ronna McDaniels her, her, the, and the entire GOP establishment. She's not alone in this, by the way. It's, well, but she's the person at the top, so. And what can I tell you? You're going to get the arrows. Um, it, why would the Republicans have their primary debate hosted by a network that torpedoed the most popular Republican president of my lifetime. Oh, wait. Give me a reason. Email me, sam at salmonashlaw.com. Sam at salmonashlaw.com. Let me know if you think this was a good move. Oh, but we need to make inroads? What's the word? I've heard different arguments for this, all of which I think are bordering on uh, mental There's no reason for it. Every single person I know that I follow on social media that is a Republican, conservative, conservative influencer, I would say 70% responded immediately to seeing this exchange, this nuclear bomb that Ramaswamy dropped in the opening of the debate and reacted with the most incredible enthusiasm. Now, what does that tell you? Well, there's a disconnect between the way grassroots conservative influencers are thinking versus the way the establishment GOP is thinking. So everybody's been asking me, Sam, who do you think the winner of the debate is, the loser of the debate, et cetera? Everybody's ranking it in terms of candidates. Well, I think Vivek did very well yesterday. I think that DeSantis did very well. Um, uh, I I think the, the other three are bozos. But the real loser here, if you really want my opinion, is the establishment GOP because Ramaswamy got up there 
and declared the emperor to have no clothes. And that's why he's getting a metric S-ton of hate today. Mark my words, folks, I know what I'm talking about. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. I'll be back in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. See, I told you so. <laughs> I'm look, let me be let me be honestly about this. I, I knew this was happening and it's not my own doing. I need to credit Scott Robin at Vital Vegas here in Las Vegas for his intel on the culinary union uh, threats of a uh, of a walkout right before Formula One. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Those of you who are not here in Las Vegas and are not aware what's going on next week, let me tell you. For the last year, we've been getting ready for Formula One. It's here. The first event is Thursday. The final race is on Saturday, 10 to midnight. Whew. That's going to be something. Anyway, they've been getting ready for it. And at the same exact time, the Culinary Union terrorists have been threatening a shutdown of a walkout, a strike uh, of, of, uh, on the strip of their workers uh, the same week that Formula One is supposed to be here. And, and, and of course, big event, lots of people coming into town. It would be ruinous to the casinos, to the hotels. So yesterday, a deal was announced with Caesars. This morning, uh, very early this morning, uh, they announced a 100% deal with Wynn. Scott Robin has accurately predicted this. And, and, and the reason, on Tuesday, I said this was all going to happen this way. And I, I, was, I was talking to Alan Stock, uh, Stock here on News Talk 840. And I said, the reason it's going to happen, and I'm a lawyer, and I, I do high-stakes negotiation all the time, and I understand how this stuff works. What cards does the culinary union hold? Well, they've got one nuke. They don't have two. They don't have three. They have one. The only bomb they could drop was walking out the one, two, three days of Formula One. Formula One is not an event that takes that lasts a month. Formula One is a event that takes three days, lots of revenue, short period of time. If the culinary union actually did a walkout, did a strike, and destroyed Caesars and destroyed MGM, I will promise you the one thing that would happen is the week after Formula One, there would be major, and I mean major, retaliation. And a lot of the goodwill that the culinary union still has with some people, and I don't understand how it is. I mean, I think they're, well, they're just Democratic shills, operatives, and... Uh, uh, you know, uh, but but nonetheless, I mean, any remaining goodwill would be gone because at that point they didn't just, you know, damage the casinos. They damaged all of Nevada. This is revenues that our state needs. Schools rely on the revenue that will come in from Formula One. It's been baked into the budget and any failure from Formula One would be in part attributed to the culinary union. 
So they had one, they only had one threat. And, and so, you know, they got a big raise. They, they, they did that, but that's, that was my reason. That's what I predicted on Tuesday. So anyway, that all is done. It's dispensed with. All right, back to the debates. Last night, NBC News, RNC uh, co-sponsored a debate together with the RJC, the Republican Jewish Coalition. Matt Brooks asked a couple of questions. Uh, it was great to see him. Of course, you know Matt from this program. He was here last week uh, talking to us about the, um, uh, the event that he organized. He put on the weekend before, a very event that led to Vice President Mike Pence dropping out of the race. Now, Pence dropped out of the race. He, um, he, he, of course, wasn't on stage, which kind of helped winnow the field. There were higher standards. So there were only five candidates on the stage last night which meant they each had more time to talk. Now, what happens when they have more time to talk? Does that mean that more people get to hear them? Well, the answer is no, because there are very few people out there that sit down appointment television style, whether in the moment or soon after, and watch two and a half hours of Republicans droning on about prepared talking points. If there are, and I don't know, we don't have all the final numbers yet from how many people watch, but I'm just going to give you, I'm going to put it in, in, in plainer terms. Generally speaking, if there are 10 people that watch the whole debate, there are then, I don't know, 100 people that watch, or 200 people, I'm giving you an idea of the scale, that watch portions of the debate and they'll watch only the portions that were, quote, unquote, the most entertaining, right? Because at the end of the day, we're here to be entertained. That's why I think Vivek is the winner of it because he delivered the most memorable lines. His stuff stuck. Now, you don't have to agree with what he did, but the purpose, the name of the game right now is not to just be unmemorable. Tim Scott is a really nice guy. But he came across both preachy and asleep. It was like a, a narcoleptic Baptist minister up there talking. It was, it was, I don't know. I thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was, I think it was odd. So at any rate, one of the big umph moments came when Vivek Ramaswamy was, they were talking about TikTok, they were talking about China. And Vivek's been criticized by fellow Republicans for being on TikTok. Now, friends, I don't have TikTok on my phone. I don't in any way wish to support TikTok as a platform. I think it's a Chinese government spy tool. There's a lot more to it, but that's just kind of my, my big picture view. So Vivek hits Nikki Haley with this. Well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. Adult daughter. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters propping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer. You're just scum. Now, this is radio, so I can't show you Nikki Haley's face. But there were enormous 
involuntary muscle twitches going on in Nikki Haley's face. He got to her. It was like a assassin's bullet. Now let's first address the fairness and the equity of that hit. I think TikTok is crap. That's what I think. That's my position. Ramaswamy has a different position. He thinks that's the way to reach young people and needs to use it for his campaign. Okay. He's getting hit by Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy uses TikTok in his campaign. He's giving the Chinese everything he wants. Okay. I'm not going to disagree necessarily with Nikki Haley because I agree with her that I think TikTok, I, I think TikTok should be banned, period. But you don't have a lot of credibility with me if you don't have enough authority to tell your teenager to not use it and to, to block it on their phone. You think I let my kids, you guys know me, I've talked about this openly for, for ever since this program started. I have, my daughter turns 13 tomorrow, so tomorrow I'm gonna have two teenagers. You know, you can feel sorry for me later. But you think I let my, my son is the only one with the iPhone. Do you think I let him have TikTok? I don't let him have TikTok. I don't let him have Snapchat. His phone basically turns into a brick at 930. I have all sorts of limits on him. And that, you know, Vivek's team found that Nikki Haley's daughter is, has a public profile on TikTok. It says more about Nikki Haley's crappy parenting than it does anything about Vivek Ramaswamy. And nobody is saying this. I... Can I, 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 I'm, now if you're all for TikTok and you're like, I think TikTok is great. Well, first off, if you as a parent think that TikTok is great for teenagers, for teenage girls, uh, (laughs) I'm choking myself up. By the way, this air, this wind, I am, forgive me here today, I am, got some sort of hay fever allergy thing going on that is preventing me from being my optimal self. But I, look, nobody in the media will call it for what it is. Nobody will say, well, isn't it a little funny that Nikki Haley is out there saying TikTok is bad, but my teenage daughter can use it. And that's because we have devolved. It says more about us, right? It says more about society than it does about Nikki Haley or Vivek Ramaswamy. People are attacking Vivek. How dare he? But what did she say again? I have, yeah, here, here's the exact quote. It's kind of hard to hear. Get his, it's get my, yeah, get my, get my daughter's, get my daughter's, uh, what is it here? Name out of your voice. Yes, thank you, Robbie. Wasn't pulling it up fast enough. Kind of reminds me of, what is it, Chris Rock? (laughs) Get my wife's, Will Smith is saying to Chris Rock, get my wife's name out of your mouth. Smack. Scum, she called him. She got flustered. Nobody in the media is, is, is willing to say that Nikki Haley cost herself the, the presidency last night. That's my takeaway. 
she let herself get flustered. I don't care what they throw at me. If I'm up on stage and I want to show that I'm president, I'm not going to I'm not going to be thin-skinned in front of anybody. Now I was my wife was made a comment about this. She goes, "You know, I didn't like her response to that, but then I thought, is it is it different because she's a woman? Am I holding her?" It's my wife saying this. A woman saying, "Am I holding Nikki Haley to a higher standard because she's a woman?" It was actually a very astute and interesting question to ask, observation. And I, the answer is maybe, right? Maybe, maybe we're, you know, if it was, if Tim Burgum limped up there with his little casted foot and said, get your, my wife's, Doug, thank you. Doug Burgum with his little casted foot, get my, get my daughter's name out of your mouth. It'd be perceived a little bit differently, but I, I still think it would be damaging to any candidate's reputation to show yourself as being thin-skinned. And that's, 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 that was a moment to behold. And it's been rebroadcast and put all over Twitter. Everybody's reacting to it. So it's not limited to the 10 people watching the debate. It's now spread across all the internet. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Okay, can I also say that the heel stuff was just stupid? Totally stupid. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Remember when Hillary Clinton was, was running for president? The year was 2016. Donaldus Maximus tore through the Republican primary, chewing through every lesser Republican, spitting them out one by one. Hillary Clinton failing to cinch the nomination from disheveled communist Bernie Sanders, gets the boost from, um, you know, the grandees, the superdelegates in the Democratic Party. Becomes the nominee. Sucks. <laughs> and then talks endlessly about being a woman in a pantsuit. Remember this? I'm wearing a pantsuit. It was like a thing. She just did a thing about being a pantsuit. We get it. You wear a pantsuit. Not, I mean, nobody cares. Make this about your skills. Hmm? Okay. So anyway, here we go. Nikki Haley talking about her, her heels. And she's done this throughout her campaign, by the way. Throughout her campaign. And somehow people find this endearing. Here's an example, by the way. Uh, let's see here. Where's the, uh, we have, a, there's a, it was, it was in a campaign ad. It was in a campaign ad. She's got, she talks about having, she talks about having heels. Um, I think this is her first campaign ad that when she launched uh, her campaign, uh, she said this. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. Okay. That's it. She wears heels, and she's running for president. Who, who, who gives a, who gives a crap? <laughs> Not me. All right, so, uh, so then, of course, Vivek, <laughs> he decides to, he decides to sort of hit her on this, um, 
and he, you know, and he calls her this. This is so good. He calls her Dick Cheney and heel. Corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions, killed millions, made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, fighting wars that sent thousands of our sons and daughters, people my age, to die in wars that did not advance anyone's interests, adding $7 trillion to our national debt. And Joe Biden sold off our foreign policy. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the UN. Bankrupt or in debt was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's gonna put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, we've got two of them on stage <laughs> <tonight. Ronda Swami. laughs> uh, Does anybody picture Dick Cheney in heels, by the way? I know this is um, maybe off topic, but it makes the imagination uh, run wild. So, so she responds to this, of course, saying, Vivek, I wear heels. They're not a fashion statement. They're for ammunition, which somehow I think she means that she's going to take the heel and clobber old Vivek behind, uh, behind, uh, behind the curtain there and offstage in the, in the, uh, in the green room. Yeah. Or, you know, like one of the, remember, remember Bush went to Iraq, went to Baghdad and, Attended a press conference and one of the incensed reporters. This is a Muslim thing. They, they, if you show the 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 f- heel or the the sole of your shoe at somebody, it's very disrespectful. So he threw a shoe at him. Um. By the way, I'm a PI lawyer, and I can tell you, I've had numerous cases, assault cases, where, believe it or not, high heels can, used as a weapon can be very dangerous. I don't want to go on a tangent. I'm just leave it there, right? They can be dangerous. So uh, this is this is it. Now there were lots of great moments throughout this. Candidates had great moments. I look, DeSantis is DeSantis is one of the most qualified people up uh, running for the presidency. Period. He is. He's just an abominably bad candidate. Some of it is in his control. Some of it is not. I don't think he can control his voice, although, although, let me tell you, sometimes when you get excited as a guy, you talk and you get the voice up toward the nasal, you know, your nose, you get excited. You know, I've done radio a long time. You have to think about moving your voice deeper down into your throat. See what I'm doing here? I think, I think with a little bit of coaching, if he take coaching, he could get it. But the other part of it is he's so in his head because he's got all of his big money donors saying, fix it, fix it. This is what you do. That's what you do. Do this, do that, up, down, left, right. He's like an organ grinder's monkey. He's just can't decide what he's being told what to do and how to do it. He's not his own person. The fake's his own person. He's like, look, I'm, I'm spending my own money on this and, and screw it. I'm just going to be honest and tell people what I think and you either like me or you don't. So when people ask me, what do you like about Vivek? And they, they expect me to defend every one of his positions. It's not, I'm not, I'm, I, I am far bigger of an interventionist than he is, for example. I don't think we can just withdraw into the US and call it a day and hope for the best. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's right. 
but I, I appreciate folks. I just appreciate people being honest and, and have candor. If you're a canned politician and, 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 and it's not fair, by the way, it's not fair to call DeSantis that because he is the only one up on that stage who has demonstrated a track record of putting into effect the policies that he is espousing. So mad respect for that. But he just is not, he did not come across great last night to put him in the number two position as the New York Post did and the New York Times did uh, after Nikki Haley. It's just ludicrous. Now, Chris Christie ought to be gone. Tim Scott ought to be gone. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, I, I I don't know. You know, they all failed at the abortion question. They all got asked about abortion. I told you this was going to happen. Let's talk about that next because I will tell you how they ought to have answered it. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your host, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Here, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. So last night, I go to watch the debate. I was absolutely tickled to see Matt Brooks ask a couple questions, as I mentioned to you in the lead-up to yesterday's event uh, that he would be talking. Um, One of the things that he asked, given that he's the CEO of the Republican Jewish Coalition, is a question very important about anti-Semitism rising on campuses across the country. Now, it's a critical question because, um, you know, the answer, of course, that I'm looking for is not just condemnation, but, you know, what do we do about it? We're talking to potential presidents here. Okay, these are not governors. These are not people who are on the board of trustees of public universities. These are potential commander-in-chief. So what can you do with the vast federal bureaucracy at your disposal to curb anti-Semitism on college campuses. Now, there's a lot of power that a president has. Don't scream to me about the First Amendment. It's not a First Amendment issue. It's a matter of creating safe campuses, right? If people are fundamentally afraid of being physically attacked for their opinion. You're suppressing people's right to speak. You're suppressing their right to express their Judaism, their alignment with Israel, for example. You can't do it. And the power that you have as the head executive of the uh, executive branch of government is you can you can reallocate funding, right? You, you're, you're controlling the kind of funding that comes, how you allocate funds from the Department of Education. And you can decide to defund universities that aren't protecting students, plain and simple. That's the answer, right? So uh, responses, well, first off, let me just say, here's a, here was the question for Matt Brooks, just so you know kind of what it was all about. Jewish students across the country are threatened and under attack 
What do you say to Jewish students on college campuses who feel unsafe given the dramatic rise in anti-Semitism? And what do you say to university presidents and college presidents who have not met the moral clarity moment to forcefully condemn Hamas terrorism? Okay, and so different answers, right? So DeSantis said this. Well, I stand for a culture of life and... Uh... Excuse me, that's not the right one. Hold on, I'm getting there. Um, yeah, so sorry. Yeah, here we go. Here's DeSantis's answer. I was the first presidential candidate to say, if you are here on a student visa as a foreign national, you're making common cause with Hamas, I'm canceling your visa and I'm sending you home. No questions asked. <laughs> Second, I have friends here in Florida who their kids do not feel safe even going to university campus at all outside of the state of Florida. Joe Biden should have the Department of Justice on these college campuses and holding the universities accountable for civil rights violations. When you have, you should not have money going to these places. We had yes. a group, Students for Justice of Palestine. They said they are common cause with Hamas. They said, we're not just in solidarity. This is what we are. We deactivated them. We're not gonna use take tax dollars to fund jihad, no way. And what is Biden doing? Not only is he not helping the Jewish students who are being persecuted, he is launching an initiative to combat so-called Islamophobia. And as president, I can tell you this, we are not gonna stand for this on college campuses any longer. Yes, yes, a 10 out of 10 answer. Because he gives me what I'm thinking, right? Which is, I, I know how universities work. It's all about the Benjamins. They are, hey, listen, colleges, universities are hoes for money, all right? And as long as this sweet milk of federal funding continues to trickle in, they they, they'll take more and more, do more and, 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 and go down a radical path. The, the way to control all of this is say, look, you, you want to be, you, you want to make it easy for these Hamas sympathizing thugs to intimidate and assault Jewish students on campus? Pfft, fine. Not only am I going to sick the DOJ on you, which by the way, I've cleaned up from top to bottom and removed all the Hamas sympathizers from there, but not only am I going to do that, I'm just going to defund you. I'm going to take the money that was allocated to your S hat school, and I'm going to move it over to another school. There you go. One example. Okay, who's next? Oh, you're not protecting you. Take your funding. Move it over. That's that's real. I, I'm bringing this up because. It's it's just in the moment, right? The abortion thing's in the moment too, and I'll get to that in a, in, in a sec. So Nikki Haley gives this question. She's busy adjusting her heel at this point in time. Just kidding, she's not, but might as well be. Nikki Haley running for the Power Puff uh, nomination for president. Here you go. What makes me so angry is not only do you have the kids barricaded in the library, they've said they were going to shoot up the kosher dining hall. You've got kids' dorm rooms who are being set on fire because they have something related to Israel on their doors. No person should ever feel in danger like this. And this is what I would say about our college presidents, is if the KKK were doing this, every college president would be up in arms. This is no different. I don't disagree, but it's statements like this from Republicans that give me 
zero confidence that they will do jack crap when they're in office. This is bad. This isn't good. This is really terrible. Yeah, okay. So what are you as the head of the executive branch, the most powerful person in the entire country, and I, I'm not speaking kind of a general sense of, you know, flying on Air Force One. I'm talking about being, you know, the uh, constitutionally defined powers being the apex of our government. You, you got to say something more than it's just bad. It's, 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 there's got to be more to it. Here's Vivek Ramaswamy's answer. Anti-Semitism is a symptom of a deeper cancer in a country, in a society that is lost. And we are lost. So it is wrong, but we have to get to the root cause here. Now, I think it's really important that we do this through leadership, not censorship. Leadership means fill that void with purpose and meaning. These kids, they have no idea what the heck they're even talking about when they're siding with Hamas over Israel. They are fools. But I also want to caution here, if we go the direction of Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, with whom I respectfully disagree on this issue, pro-censorship, telling student groups to disband, mark my words, Soon they will say if you question a vaccine and its side effects, you're a bioterrorist. Soon they will say that if you show up at a school board meeting, you're a domestic terrorist. Soon if they say that J6 prisoners should be released, you're an insurrectionist terrorist. So that's where this road ends. We don't quash this with censorship because that creates a worse underbelly. We quell it through leadership by calling it out. And we need leadership at the top in the United States of America that restores our founding values and that has no place for this kind of anti-Semitic hate. Hmm. You know, I don't think he answered that the right way. Because while I completely understand that, I don't want to disband. For example, I would never argue to disband and I have never at any point here argued for disbanding a student group or a protest of people shouting uh, joyous, joyous thoughts about killing Jews. It's despicable, but I'm all for their right to say that because that's what the First Amendment is. And also, I want to know who the people out there are that want Jews to be dead because I want to know who the bigots are. I want to know who the dangerous people are. And I want to keep, you know, sort of take a, a wide, you know, uh, route around them that's the beauty of letting people say despicable things they uh reveal themselves to be who they are so uh, that wasn't the that wasn't matt's question matt's how do you protect students on college campuses from literal violence not word violence like the left would have you say well my feelings (laughs) my feelings (laughs) <laughs> no, like literal violence, like what, what Nikki Haley said, but without explaining what you do about it. That's not First Amendment. That's you failing to protect students on campus. And as chief executive of the country, you, you, you use whatever power you have to slap these, uh, these colleges and their, and their, their leadership and and make make them make them step two. That's that's the answer. So 
I'm gonna give. I'm just giving you those three. But look, it, 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 this this is the, these were the two three different ones. And this why I keep explaining. Like DeSantis actually is protecting Jewish students. He's the guy up there on stage. I know he's a terrible campaigner. I'm the first to admit it. But my God, he's so good because he gets for whatever he lacks in substance and whatever weird thing he has going on with his height, which I don't understand. I'm very happy being 5'11". I'm a true 5'11". I might be the only man out there who actually is 5'11", not 5'8", pretending to be 5'11", okay? I'm, I'm just a very, whatever my, whatever my defect is, I own it. He clearly doesn't. It's a weird deal. I got it. You know, has a funny heel, wears boots. I get it. But he's the only guy up there on stage who is, who has put into practice and into law the stuff that he's preaching. I don't know. I don't think he can win the general election. I don't think he's electable. I'm going to be dead honest with you folks. I don't think he's electable nationally. One of the principal reasons for that is not his boots. One of the principal reasons for that is his stance on abortion, and it's going to be an absolute death knell to him in a general election race, which leads me to what the whole response here to the abortion question was. I'm going to get to it here next. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash, injury law. In a crash, call Sam and Ash. 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right. Hi, welcome back. Sam Rajofsky here. The What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Abortion came up last night, predictably given the events of Tuesday night's election, the outcomes there clearly showing that voters even in red states and conservative states want to see abortion protections codified in the law uh look first off let's just get straight something about hobbs uh, excuse me dobbs the um uh versus jackson the case that overturned roe v wade it returns to individual states the power to regulate any aspect of abortion that's not protected by federal law so it, it leaves open the possibility of a federal law coming into place but but whatever isn't regulated by the feds is left to the states Again, these are people on stage not running for governor of state X. They're running for president of the United States, okay? So consequently, there's only one answer that is, that is the correct answer, which is we – this is a state's issue, Right. This is a state's issue. Let's leave it to the states. And and I'm I intend as president not to get the least bit involved in any of this. Now, if it was me running, if it, if I was the candidate and I was asked this question because, you know, people have different moral opinions about this. I would say that I believe in protecting abortion until 24 weeks. I'd make it an affirmative statement of what I intend to protect. I protect, we should protect abortion access until 24 weeks. Now I would add to that, I'm a federalist, right? I'm a federalist. I want to leave this to the states. So I don't think we should have a federal law one size fits all. If Alabama wants to do things differently than California, fine. For me personally, it's 24 weeks. 
that's the that's the time roughly that the fetus is viable. The baby can't survive with a, without mom. You know, it's it's her body. If a baby can live on its own, I mean, the state has a vested protect uh, interest to protect the life of the child. Period. And the way to frame it is, we the Republicans want to affirmatively protect abortion until 24 weeks. That gives plenty of time for incest, plenty of time for, I don't know that I was pregnant. Fine. 24 weeks, if you don't know you're pregnant, you got bigger issues than the pregnancy. And after 24 weeks, just like it is here in Nevada, life of the mother. But with the caveat that you can't just abort the child, you have to make you know every effort to save the life of the child. That's so freaking common sense. So Tim Scott, of course, uh, goes all in for the pro-life argument. I'm 100% pro-life. I have had 100% pro-life voting record. I would certainly, as president of the United States, have a 15-week national limit. I would not allow states like California, Illinois, or New York to have abortion up until the day of birth. I certainly wouldn't allow not allow for governors, former governor, uh, Democratic governor of Virginia, who talked about infanticide. We need a 15-week federal limit. Three out of four Americans agree with a 15-week limit. 47 out of 50 countries in Europe agree with a 15-week limit. I would challenge both Nikki and Ron to join me at a 15-week limit. We have an opportunity in this nation to stop that reckless behavior from states like California. Limit, limit, I want to limit, I want to limit. How about he just says, I want to protect abortion through 15 weeks. See how that's a different way of phrasing it? But hell's bells, these Republicans just don't get it. And by the way, I look, I, I mean, 15 weeks could be the reasonable number. I. Uh, to me, it's just, I, I, I've explained why I think it's 24. I think there are also some people at 15 weeks who, who you know, it takes them, you know, it takes them a, a longer time to figure out that they're pregnant and making their mind up. And it's a, it's a, for, for a lot of people, a terrible decision to make one way or the other. So I, you know, I have a, I have a, a degree of compassion for people going through this. And don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I guys, I, I'm a gun guy. I can't even hunt. Okay, I can't. I can't kill anything. Now, if somebody breaks into my house, they're dead. I'll tell you that right now. But I'm gonna abort them on the spot, late term. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but no, but, but here, I'm, I, I've, I've, I'm so grateful that I personally have never been in a position where I've, I've, I've had to even make a decision whether to, to, you know, think about an abortion. No, never been in that position, and very grateful for that. But I think you know. I, I think this is this is all wrong. Now, now, uh, you know, Nikki Haley, of course, responded to Tim Scott saying that you know this is, you know, you're never going to get 60 Senate votes. Basically, is her is her is her response. I will sign anything where we can get 60 Senate votes. But don't make the American people think that you're going to push something on them when we don't even have the votes in the Senate. It's Literally. important that we're honest about that. And by the way, this is uh, nobody in the. Do you know how many Republican women, forget Democratic women, forget independents, do you know how many Republican women want to see abortion protected? 
So even just talking about getting 60 Senate votes makes people start to think, oh, well, if we just get 60 Senate votes, um, you know, my, my right to an abortion could be restricted. This is, this is just nutty thinking, and Republicans are going to lose it all just to satisfy the, I, I think, the outer fringes, frankly, of the, of the Republican Party. Make this an argument. Make the Dems go on record and explain why they want to kill a baby that could be delivered a week later. Make them explain that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Producer Robbie, you speak the truth. 24 weeks splits the exactly you're you're well 15 20, i think 24 whatever but you you put a number and you're 24 weeks is i think the number but you at any rate anyone who's arguing after for infanticide after 24 weeks anytime anywhere any place is is un, is, is 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 crazy so you're splitting you're separating out the crazies from you know the common sense uh, people seeking uh, some some middle ground I like that. None of these people can wrap their heads around it. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXMT. Be back in a moment, folks. Don't go anywhere. News and whatnot up next. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, friends, welcome back. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. I, I, you know, I, when I'm up against the clock, I can't always finish a thought perfectly well, so forgive me for this. But here on the What's Right Show, we like to circle back and tie up loose ends where needed. When Haley responded, when Nikki Haley last night responded to Tim Scott, you know, saying that there should be a national 15-week abortion ban, which I think is a bad idea, and also very poorly worded, right? We're going to protect abortion up to 15 weeks, is what Republicans should say, in an affirmative way. It's better than saying, we're going to ban, 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 because all people are going to hear is the ban. They don't hear 15 weeks. They hear ban. Okay, so when he, when she responded and said, well, I'd like you to show me where you're going to get 60 votes in the Senate, and I'm telling you that that response is bad, too, because why? Because it, well, now people, everybody's thinking, I'm, I ought to be careful about voting for a Republican senator. It could cost me, it could cost me my abortion rights. Look at today's news. It just dropped, what, about an hour ago, right before we went on air? Joe Manchin's dropping out of the race in West Virginia. He's not going to seek re-election as a, as a Democrat in the Senate for several terms. He's he's been there forever. I he, this is this is I mean this is a big deal. This is a big development. He's not running in 2024. West Virginia is a deep red state, by the way, just like Kentucky, where. Guess what? Andy Bashir gets reelected because the other guy is perceived to be hostile to reproductive rights. So Manchin, 76 years old, drops out of the race. He's held his seat since 2010. 
West Virginia, Virginia Governor Jim Justice has been the, I think, the odds-on favorite to win next year. Manchin is exploring a presidential run as an independent. That's a bit of information just in the background for you to have. Uh, I mean, look, I want to close the border. I want to build up our military. I want to right our foreign policy. I want to balance the budget. I want you know, I, I want woke out of out of colleges, universities, and, and anything under federal control that federal dollars go to. I mean, I can continue on for what an agenda. I want to protect kids that are actually born from being, you know, butchered by ideologists, literally butchered. Oh, you think you're a girl? You think you're a boy here, 11 years old? Let's Let's cut you up. Those are some issues that matter. And I don't, those of you that are criticizing me for my take on abortion, I'm, I'm reading the room. I see what it is. I'd rather do the compromise up front, pick a number, protect abortion to that number, like we do here in Nevada. We've already dealt with it here in Nevada. We've done it. We're a purple state. Frankly, our, our legislature was, has been, is dominated by Democrats. They seem to have been fine with the numbers. It's totally defensible. 24 weeks. Let's make that deal now. Get rid of it. Dispose of it. And then we can go and win elections and protect all the other stuff that I just described. Can you imagine if Joe Manchin's seat that ought to go to Republican doesn't just because of abortion? I mean, hell's bells. That's that's just plain dumb. So I, you know, I, that's that's what I that's what I think. <sighs> so frustrating. Oh, Vivek gave an answer on abortion too. So did Chris. Chris, they all did. They all did. This was this was what Vivek said. It was my home state of Ohio. I'm upset about this. Yesterday, that passed a constitutional amendment that now effectively codifies a right to abortion all the way up to the time of birth without parental consent. Why? It's back to that Republican culture of losing. The Republicans did not have an alternative amendment or vision on the table. If in the state of Ohio we talked about access to contraception, adoption, and also here's the missing ingredient in this movement, sexual responsibility for men. We're all in this together. It's not men's rights versus women's rights. It's about human rights. And I've come back to that case that Clarence Thomas spoke of. A pregnant woman walking down the street. She's assaulted. The unborn child dies in that assault. You find me one person in this country who says that that criminal does not deserve liability for that death. You won't find one. That says we share the same instincts on this issue, but we require, I believe, a different generation of leadership thank you. to actually lead us forward and unite the country on this thank with you. honesty. They didn't want to hear it. Now, I'll, yes and no. I think what they should have done in Ohio is the Republicans or somebody should have said, all right, we're going to protect life up until 15 weeks and we're going to make it a felony to abort a, ch- a child that is a that uh, if you want to I, I again I think 24 weeks that's the number 24 weeks protect it and then after it you you have to you you have to make every effort to save the child if you if you don't want to be pregnant or the life of the parent uh you know the mother is 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 in jeopardy 
Got to go to the hospital and make every effort to deliver that that baby and provide, you know, uh, neonatal care to that child. How's how's that an unreasonable position? We have parental notification here for minors for abortions in the state of Nevada. We have it. It's on the books. Now, I'm I'm all for I'm all for responsibility for for dads. I I believe in that uh, deeply. I also believe deeply for criminals getting fried for double homicide when they kill a pregnant woman and her unborn child. Absolutely. But I do th- I do think that I do think that it is imp- it's it's different when look, it's it is a a a, a woman up until 24 weeks deserves to have some some choice in this. Really does feel strongly about that and I think it's you know the right the right the right position now Chris Christie gave a a slightly different answer Uh, here we go for 50 years conservative lawyers have been arguing that the federal government should have absolutely nothing to do with this issue constitutionally because it's nowhere in the Constitution and then Dobbs comes and we finally gain that victory and now we have people running to say let's short-circuit the states from doing what they need to do and let's go right to some type of federal ban at a certain number of weeks and people on the stage have been all over the place 20 weeks 15 weeks 12 six look the founders were really smart and this is an issue that should be decided in each state and i trust the people of this country state by state to make the call for themselves now, that's going to lead to a lot of divergence. In Oklahoma, you can't get an abortion unless the life of the mother is at risk. In my home state of New Jersey, it goes up to nine months that you get an abortion. I find that morally reprehensible. But that is what the people of our state have voted for. This might have been the best answer. That's might have been the best answer. By the way, Chris Christie gave another great answer, and that was on Ukraine. Because I think I think Vivek's answer on Ukraine is, is, is wrong, and he, he goes right to Ukraine being the most corrupt country and this, that, and the other, and, and there's no doubt there's tremendous corruption in Ukraine. But he talks about suspending elections. He talks about um, unifying media. I mean, they're, they were attacked. It's in a time of war. There's precedent for this even among our allies going back in history. So it was, these are unfair hits. Christie makes the best argument for intervention in Ukraine Listen. Let's remember the last time that we turned our back on a shooting war in Europe. It bought us just a couple of years. And then 500,000 Americans were killed in Europe to defeat Hitler. This is not a choice. This is the price we pay for being the leaders of the free world. And the fact is, this alliance is not just with Russia and China. Iran is in the middle of this as well, and so is North Korea. And they are all working to support Russia right now. And the reason they're doing it is because dictators work together. People who believe in democracy work together. We must stand with all of those that are standing up for democracy and freedom in this world. And by the way, let's remind everybody of this. In 1992, this country made a promise to Ukraine. We said if you return nuclear missiles that were part of the old Soviet Union to Russia and they invade you, we will protect you. We need to stand by it. And those of us who forget history are doomed to repeat it. The absolute giving in to dictators, which is being suggested on this stage, just shows the immaturity of the approach. He is absolutely right about that nuclear disarmament deal that we brokered. 
I've mentioned it here on this program before. We brokered the deal. We defanged Ukraine. We said, give your nukes over to to Russia and we will protect you. I mean, how is anybody going to trust us in the future if we don't keep our promises? It's the same problem of what what we did in in in, uh, in 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 Afghanistan, leaving all of our allies there exposed to the murderous wrath of the Taliban. All right, I'm done. That's it. That's the um, that's the debate. There. If you didn't listen to it, you got an idea of what happened. Certainly, from my view. Uh, and I, I'll say this uh, as a capstone to it all. The biggest winner was Trump. Didn't show up. Nobody talked about him, really. Uh, you know, the hits on him were, were weak and pathetic. He's rising in the polls. And, um, and, uh, and these guys are just, you know, shooting each other uh, in crossfire. So that's, you know, that's it. And the big loser, the big loser is the RNC hosting this with NBC. What a joke. When, oh, when, oh, when will they stop crawling up the rear end of mainstream media? God only knows. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. When we come back, I got to tell you what happens when a wokester, when a wokester gets stopped for a DUI. You know, it's amazing how much privilege. We're always taught it's the, it's the patriarchal white guys that have all the privilege. But in this new brave world, 2023 going into 2024, it's really the radical leftists that think they have all the power. And it was on broad and naked display the other day in a town somewhere in America. I'll tell you all about it, and I've got the receipts. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. All right, friends, Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Imagine getting pulled over, let's say for a DUI. You've been caught going the wrong way on a street. You're drunk as a skunk. You smell like booze. And uh, what are are you going to do? Well, look, if you listen to the DEI woke people, right, the ones that are arguing for the dismantling of the patriarchy because, of course, uh, white men in particular, capitalists, wealthy people, are getting away with things, uh, with murder, basically, uh, because they uh, are able to use their power to exempt themselves from the rules, right? That's the entire narrative, right? That is the entire story. And I'm bringing this up because, of course, quite the opposite is true. Who, who are the criminals right now that are getting away with stuff? Uh, I'll tell you. It's a, it's a fairly short list. Um, uh, people whose last name is Biden, Democrats, and career criminals, particularly if they are you know, on the Vista Paint color wheel, a little bit on the darker end of the spectrum. So <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's it. Or Sherman Williams, whatever. I, it doesn't doesn't matter which paint company. Um. So here's a traffic stop. Here is an actual, uh, you know, video of a traffic stop. This this gal gets pulled over, and she her name's Kai Perry. And this is the 
body cam footage of the stop, and it's absolutely the most wildly entertaining thing I've seen in a long time. What's going on? Nothing. Why are you driving in the wrong way of traffic? No, I just got changed around. I just moved here like two months ago. Okay. I just got changed around. Okay. Do you understand what's going on though? Yeah. You're going in oncoming yes. traffic. I know, and I just decided that it was better just to turn around really Okay. But I'm sorry. I just have like really bad social anxiety and stuff. I get you. I don't want to step out whenever you're asking for. Okay. Well, we're past that. Just go ahead and step out. Okay, so she's got social anxiety. That's the first thing that she says. I have a disability. I'm disabled. You can't make me step out. By the way, how many people die here in Las Vegas every year when a drunk driver goes the wrong way on a freeway, freeway exit? Happens all the time. So this gal's doing exactly that. She could have killed somebody. So the cop uh, insists now that this uh, young lady step out of the car and the, the, the conversation uh, gets even more wildly interesting. Miss Perry? Am I... Well, I'm non-binary, so... Okay. What do you go by? Kai. How can I refer to you tonight? Kai? Kai? Okay. Hey, I'm smelling alcohol. I know. How much have you consumed tonight? Like, probably through Jane. I need to run you through some tests right now. Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that I also have very bad social anxiety. You and me both. Okay. <laughs> Focus on my finger, please. I am. You're just, like, trying to intimidate me. I don't know how I'm trying to do that. This is the test. As you know, as an indigenous person, and there's a bunch of going around... I'm sorry, but... I get you. I need to know if you have any injuries or anything that would prevent you from doing a standard walk or a turn tonight. Mentally, yeah. PTSD, depression, anxiety. I get you. Now with your right foot, place it in front of your left in a heel-to-toe touching manner with your arms by your side, just like this, ma'am. Can you not call me ma'am, please? I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> she has spent her entire time in elementary school, maybe not elementary, but, but high school, in college, at her, at her place of employment, her poor employer, she has been taught that if you bully people, when you get called out for, for not doing your homework, for, for messing up, for driving the wrong way, drunk on a road, the way you push back is you start insisting you're disabled, start dis insisting that you're from a protected state approved, uh, you know, disadvantaged minority group. You can't say you're Jewish, that doesn't work. Um, but say if you're an indigenous person, you're indigenous. I don't know, indigenous to what? A bar, apparently. So uh, she's an indigenous person. I have, I have depression. I have anxiety. I have, uh, I have. Oh, and I'm non-binary. Please stop calling me, ma'am. Cops, like <laughs> I'm trying. Listen, do the freaking test. But she's been taught. She's been coddled into believing that this is her way out. I have a greater point to make here. The uh, Let me just finish this. This is what the uh, the rest of the stop sounds like. Right foot in front of your left. Nope, go back. I'm sorry, but the whole man thing just like... I apologize. Let's see if we can move sorry. forward from it. You have zero questions? No, but I just wanted to tell you that I suffer from really bad anxiety, especially... Uh, with generational trauma and PTSD around white people and cops, like... I'm going to speak with you right over here, okay? No. Yes, ma'am. 
Go ahead and put your hands behind your back. Don't, dude. Don't make don't, it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. No, don't. you're... You're going to get a resistance. Dude, I... Don't. You're being Come a here. white man and... Come don't. Here. I followed all of your shit. Like, I'm an indigenous person. Like, you guys. <laughs> I have generational trauma. Don't call me ma'am. I'm an indigenous person. You're being a white man. Don't. Summing up that last part of this interaction. Now, why am I playing this for you? The people that think they, the people that have privilege, that think they've got privilege, and actually, in fact, do have it, except when they run into a completely professional police officer who doesn't let them get away with it. Let me say this. The real privilege right now is with the left. When they attend a protest, when they hit police officers protesting, you know, uh, against Israel, they don't have a tank show up in their town like what happened yesterday. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a real story. Helmeta, New Jersey. The FBI showed up with a tank to hunt down a January 6th protester. You can't just pull, you know, I'm the mayor. It doesn't matter you're the mayor. Nobody cares. But people, I'll tell you, it's, it's the most, it's the most unbelievable thing, the kind of power, because I'll tell you, I don't put up with it here at work. We're, we're here for the clients. I'm not, I don't, people aren't going to put their agenda in my office, but so many employers out there, lots of universities, if not all, you go in and you say, I'm indigenous. I'm neurodivergent. I'm this accommodation, 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 special privileges. Enough is enough. This has to end. All right, folks, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, have a great night. Sam Merchofsky here, over and out.